Today I want to share a few thoughts with you concerning faith. The title of this morning's message is, So What is Faith? What is faith? It's something that is utterly important to all of us, common to all of us, and yet misunderstood by most of us. Because faith being so essential is taught to be so complicated. The importance of faith cannot be overestimated. Let me read to you. Uh, Cleve already quoted it, but go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible. Everyone say impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Flip that around and you can say it this way. Faith is the only way to please him. Selah. I want to say that again. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That means faith, but it's a certain type of faith, is the only way to please him. You see, whatever we do that doesn't involve faith is not only displeasing. The Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. Faith is absolutely essential because all of the kingdom promises, let's call it prosperity, and please broaden your horizon when I say prosperity. Don't let it confuse you, irritate you, or anger you. Prosperity is not a bad thing. It doesn't matter how many people have abused it. Come on now. In church, and I've done it, I've done it so many times, we're too quick to throw away a biblical blessing because somebody abused it. Our prosperity is wound up and tied up in his pleasure. And his pleasure is found only in the faithful. What that means is this, anything we do, be it great or small, be it grand, if it's not of faith, it doesn't matter how much it impresses people. How many of you know it's possible to impress people and not God? This is the reason why you and I are not to be impressed by people who are on the outward appear to be something. Because Paul said one time he was around those who appeared to be something, but he wasn't all that impressed with him because sometimes those who appear to be something really are nothing in the kingdom of our Christ. And those who appear to be insignificant are generals and kings and queens in the kingdom. Some of the most powerful people I've ever met in the kingdom are not known. Mm. I don't want to chase too many rabbits there. Let's just not be impressed by the outward because God judges by the inward. Mark eleven twenty two says, let the faith of God be in you. There's a particular type of faith that pleases God. And there's all kinds of faiths, but I want to give you the two most common phony faiths. Can I word it that way? Fake faiths. I want to give you two things that appear to be faith but are not so that we can know what the actual is and walk in a way that pleases our God. 
The first thing I want to say to you is faith is not emotional. What is emotional faith? It's an unstable faith, but it's the faith many adhere to. When the music is thumping and the pastor is hooting, their faith is soaring. But that's an un, they, 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 they confuse an emotional high with strong faith. And so these kind of saints are easy to spot because they're always in pursuit of the next emotional fix. You following me? I mean, if they play the right song, my faith is growing, bro. Ah! But they think because they're emotionally stirred, they're spiritually strong. But I know I've said this to you before, and I want to say it again. One of the things that we need to understand is our emotional state has no bearing on our spiritual state. And faith is not emotional. Just So just because you're stirred up does not mean you're a faith giant. Because faith must be sturdier than our emotions. How many of you know your emotions can change several times in a day? It's possible to feel strong but actually be feeble. There was a group of people, Christians, in a place called Laodicea. And we read about them in the book of Revelations. They said of themselves that they were rich and wealthy in need of nothing. That's what they said of themselves. But the Lord said they didn't even know that they were naked and wretched and impoverished. They thought they had everything, but in actuality they had nothing. Pastor, what are you saying? I want to... I want to Show you what faith is not so you can focus on what faith is. And you can understand faith stirs the emotions. Of course it does, but faith is not emotional. It doesn't come from the emotional realm because if faith came from the emotional realm, then our faith would be as unstable as our emotions and as subject to change. you got to understand, listen, are you, are you, listen, you can have a bad day and that doesn't mean you're weak. You can have a bad day, and that is not a symptom of your spiritual strength. Just like you can think yourself strong and be weak. You, I already quoted it, but Paul said, I glory in my infirmities because he had a revelation of God's grace. You remember there was a time when Paul prayed three times for that which vexed him to be taken from him. And those who have a religious mindset will say, well, God told Paul no, that he had no, no, no. God didn't say no. God said, I'm going to give you something greater than what you're asking. Because what you're asking is for the irritation to be removed, but I'm going to show you something that is so great that even if the irritation stays, you'll never even recognize it. You following me? So when Paul prayed for it to be removed, God said, I'm going to show you grace. And when Paul received a revelation of God's grace, well, you'll notice this in the chronology of Paul's writings, he never again prayed for something to be removed from him. Because after Paul received a revelation of God's grace, he realized that greater was the one who was inside of him than the one that was on the outside trying to press in. And Paul never again prayed for the outward to change. 
Instead, Paul said, I am so enamored with this grace thing, I actually glory in my infirmities because when I feel weak, then I realize my weakness has opened up a portal for his strength, and his strength pours into me. So when I am weak, then I am strong. So you can think yourself strong and be weak. You can also feel like you're weak and be heavenly strong. You're following me. See, you and I, God will never afford us a life that doesn't require faith. So we better know what faith is. Because otherwise, if we think it's emotional, we're going to be running after that emotional high. And they got to play the songs I like. And I got to hear that preacher hoot and holler. You know, some preachers can hoot and holler and say nothing. Say nothing. And his faith, listen, faith does not come by hearing hooting. Faith comes by hearing the. Come on. So what is faith? Faith ain't emotional. It'll stir my emotions, but it's not emotional. Is this okay? Listen to this in 2 Corinthians. I already, well, let's not go there. I already quoted. Well, let me go ahead and read it. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. And in verse 10 he says, so I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, When I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution, this is the Passion Translation, because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. So faith is not emotional, and when we we rely on the emotions, our faith will fail. Number two, faith is not mental. Faith is not a matter of education. Or great mental prowess. Faith is not always found in those, and I think we could all say amen. Faith is not always found with those who can, can recite great passages of Scripture. Faith is not always found with those who know church tradition and history. Because faith is not mental. My mentor always called it mental assent. It's, it's when we agree with the word and we agree that God is good but that's as far as our faith goes you know there's a passage of scripture that says so you believe there is a God well good for you the devils believe that there's a God but devils they remain and I'm jumping ahead, but here, see, there's, the, the devils believe, but there's one thing the devils never do. They don't obey. It's not, see, come on now, I'm going somewhere with this. See, many of us, we stop at believing. But believing without acting is not faith. If what we say we believe has no impact on our behavior, you ain't believing. And it doesn't matter how many scriptures you can quote. Listen, I've had people in prayer lines before, right, just with major diseases. And when I give them a scripture, instead of saying I receive, the first thing they say is, well, I already know that. 
And I had one, one woman get in the same prayer line week after week, and she would always say, I already know that. Then I said, then why are you having your problems? It's not about knowing or even being able to recite. It's, it, it, faith is something else altogether. It's not just mentally agreeing. Jesus looked at a group of people who knew all of the written scriptures. And Jesus said of them, you search the scriptures. For you think that in them, in the reciting of them, in the memorization, in the rehearsal of those scriptures, you think you have eternal life. But he went on to say, you won't come to me and the scriptures that you recite point to me. But you won't come to me so I can give you the very life you think you're getting in the, in the ability to memorize the scriptures. So faith is not emotional, though it stirs the emotion. Faith is not mental, though it's good to have the word memorized. So if faith is not emotional and it's not mental, what is it? The faith that pleases God and produces kingdom results is spoken of in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, when the Bible speaks of the obedience. Everyone say obedience. The obedience of faith. I wrote this right before the service. Love is the purest motivation. And faith is the most powerful producer. Love is the purest of all motivations, and faith is the most. Listen, you'll be able to do things by faith you'll never be able to do in the strength of your arm or the power of your will. We need to understand what faith is because faith is that which will apprehend every promise God has made by grace. Y'all following me? Listen, I've said this to you before. Help me, to Father, to say it right. Faith, the objective of faith, and what faith will do when it's the proper faith, it's not an emotional faith, it's not a religious faith, it's not a mental faith, but it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That type of faith will always take God's truth and make it my reality. If our faith is not producing a different reality, then we got to examine it and say, is it emotional faith? Because if it's an emotional faith, it'll fail me. And if my faith has been failing, is have I rendered it to being emotional or have I made it strictly mental? How do I tell the difference? Because emotional faith has no obedience. Mental faith has no behavior. No, let me say that. Mental faith has no action. I agree, but I don't do. I agree, but I don't do. I don't let it impact me. Is this okay? It has always, listen to this. It has always been, from the very beginning, it's always been about loving God enough to trust Him and trusting Him enough to obey Him. James chapter 2, verse 14 says this. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works, can that faith save him? In verse 17, James goes on to say this, Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. 
The Passion Translation words it this way. So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. Remember we said to you last week when we were talking about already blessed. I said that when the word we hear speaks to the expectation of our heart, it affects our behavior. Here's what real faith does. Real faith will always alter your behavior. We know this, and I don't want to go too far down this. The first thing faith will affect is your confession. My mouth will change. You see, because the Bible says sweet and sour doesn't flow out of the same spout. If a mouth that used to curse, now when, I, when, when faith is in my heart, the mouth that used to curse begins to bless. And the, word, the mouth that used to speak words of condemnation now speak words of exaltation. I don't point out everyone's deficiencies. Instead, I encourage them. And where I used to bicker and complain, my mouth has changed so that now I make my words harmonize with his. I say the same thing as why. Why do you do that? Am I trying to make something that isn't real real? No, 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 no. I've experienced the real. So now what I say changes because faith affects my behavior. If what you call faith doesn't change the way you speak, then baby, it ain't. It ain't faith. Because we can't walk in faith and talk doubt. You'll never rise above the level of your confession. It ain't mind over matter, but it's faith in action. Y'all following me? When I say the same things as God, I'm not trying to manipulate God. Help me, Father. How do I say this? Jesus said... He didn't say nothing that he didn't first hear the Father say. But if he heard the Father say it, he said it. So in saying what the Father said was Jesus manipulating the Father to do something the Father didn't really want to do. Or was Jesus just humbling himself under God and saying the same thing as because he was in agreement with? So faith will change my mouth. I'm talking about, so what is faith? Faith is a communication changer. I don't communicate death. I communicate life. I don't communicate doubt. I communicate belief. I don't communicate darkness. I communicate light. Is this, is this making sense? How do you know if what you have is faith? Do you talk the same way you did before you heard the words you heard? Okay, wait, I'm just going to meddle now. If I hear by his stripes, I'm already healed. Does it alter the confession of my own death sentence? Or do I still talk about how this disease is going to take me out? Come on now. I'm talking... When the word I hear 
speaks to the expectation of my heart. It alters my behavior. So if I really do believe that the God of the Bible tells the truth all the time and in him is the inability to lie, and he says, by my stripes you are already healed, then that's got to change the confession of my mouth. It's not about mind over matter. It's not about new age physics. It's about agreeing with the almighty God who declared by his stripes I am healed. So if I have to stand on top of a pile of medical bills and reports, my decree and declare, declaration will always be by his stripes I am healed. That's faith in action and faith without action is phony. Another thing it'll change is my hands. Hands that used to be closed in anger and defiance. Instruments of pain are now open to become instruments of support and generosity where I used to lay my hands in order to inflict pain now I lay my hands because the believers shall lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover y'all following me so it's going to affect the way I, my hands used to always be in my pocket holding on to my pocketbook you know how some of us walk through church you ain't getting what I got but when I hear the word that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, and that when I give, I shall receive, and I can't outgive God, then that affects my behavior. Why? So now my hands that used to be closed become open. My hands that used to be raised in defiance are now raised in praise. Because when the word I hear speaks to the expectation of my heart, it affects my behavior. And the only way I can differentiate between emotional, mental, and spiritual faith is by looking at the behavior. In another place in James, he said, so you say you have faith. Show me your faith by your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Not that works produces faith, but faith produces works. For we have been recreated unto good works. Is this making sense? Go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Hallelujah, Father. For most of us, getting our faith to produce is just going to be little tweaks. Just little tweaks. It'd be amazing what happens when we just step out on faith. Even if it's haltingly or kind of, you understand, I'm a little bit of, I'm not really sure about this, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to tell you from experience, if we'll try faith, faith will never fail. Never fails. Faith is the greatest producer in all of the universe. Faith will produce in us and for us the kingdom kind of life. It's through faith that we can speak to mountains and they will move. It's through faith that we can speak to low places and fill them in. It's through faith that we can speak to our own bodies and they recover. It's through faith that we can speak to our circumstances and they change. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. Get this. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. They heard it, but it didn't speak to their place of expectation. 
Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. Verse 3, for those of us who believe, listen to this, faith activates the promise. Faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. Remember last week in my example of the Alexa angel who speaks from nowhere and fills everything. And you hear the word that your package has arrived, but you don't alter your behavior and move to the front door. Does that negate God's promise or the delivery? No, but it just means you'll never benefit from that which has already been given. But when what we hear speaks to our expectation and it alters our behavior, suddenly we hold the package. We have our Isaac. We have our breakthrough. Faith activates the promise. Listen to this. Faith, the God-pleasing faith changes your behavior. In John chapter 2, verse 5, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, think about it. Whatever he says to you, agree with it. Whatever he says to you, let's all say it together. Whatever he says to you, whatever he says to you, what would have happened if he would have told them what to do, but they didn't do it? Your mouth, your hands, your feet. Feet that used to run quickly to conflict and to bloodshed are now quick to run into the congregation of the saints. Feet that used to run from opportunity for fear now are bold and run to opportunity for breakthrough. Because faith alters our behavior. Faith is that which tells you though your grandpa was poor and your grandma was poor, you ain't got to be poor no more. I ain't even... Your grandpa died at 60. Your great-grandpa died at 60. Your Uncle Joe died at 60. But faith says, with a long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. You don't got to die when they died. You can live a long life. You can be filled with health and vitality. But when faith comes, it's got to be, when the word comes, it's got to be mixed with faith. And faith is only proven when it changes our behavior. Are you getting this? It ain't just about agreeing and doing nothing. Whatever he says to you, do it. Can I tell you where the weakness of the church is? 99 times out of 100? It's not in the lack of hearing. Oh, baby, we got people preaching at us not non-stop we can go to conferences all day long we can run to this conference that conference we can hear any preacher we want to hear 24 7 it's not in the hearing it's not in the ability to memorize and recite 99 times out of 100 our problem is in the doing what if when you is this okay this morning when peter said if that's lord if that's you bid me come well, Jesus couldn't say it wasn't I, so he said, come. And he bid Peter to step out of the boat. What if Peter had not? Listen, if you and I will do 
Find the courage to do even the little things. We will discover that the same faith that abides in us was first found in him. Because the faith that we have is not a, a, a construct of our own imagination. The faith that we have is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did it do for him? When he spoke to the fig tree, the disciples were amazed because it withered from the roots up. And so they questioned him about it, and he said, have the God kind of faith. Mark eleven twenty three and 24, speak to your mountain. Speak to it. Speak to it. Because you see, the God kind of faith, I, I've said this to you before, and I know I'm rambling. But the Bible pays the worst kind of insult to silent faith. It ignores it. I've heard people say, well, brother, I believe, but I'm not into all that confession stuff. Then you're not into biblical faith. Because confession is not a movement, a segment of the body of Christ. Speaking faith is what the body of Christ does. If we're in Christ, we speak faith, not because we're trying to become. That's because who we are. I'm a faith creature. I'm faith from my head to my toes, from this hand to this hand. I am of faith. And so it's got to affect my behavior. Mm. <laughs> There's a massive difference between mentally agreeing with and having faith in. You remember the man who was brought into the presence of Jesus by his four friends. You remember when they lowered him through the roof. Jesus said to him, listen to this, rise. Rise. That's an action word, y'all. Rise. Move. Take a step. What if the man had argued for his right to be an invalid? But, Lord, you got to understand, I can't move. That's why they had to lower me through the roof. You think if I can move, I'd move. I can't move because they lowered me. When Jesus said, rise, pick up your bed and walk, what did the man do? He picked it up. Come on now. You can't sit there in the ashes of your life and cry about the way things are. The reason we go to church, the reason we submit to the word, the reason why we listen to it online is because we're trying to hear a word that will change our circumstances. But what we need to understand, please hear me when I say this, the word alone will not do it. It's got to be mixed with that expectation. It's got to be mixed with faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word hope is not wishy-washy. It's an earnest expectation. So when the word I hear speaks to the expectation of my heart, I move in a different direction. I begin to speak a different way. I begin to be liberal with my resources instead of hoarding them because I've, I heard a word. And the word told me the way to increase was decrease. The way to get ahead was to submit and serve. I'm going to bless myself if I don't bless no one else. Had he not acted on the master's word, he never would have been healed. Yes, 
but because he acted, he was healed. In Luke chapter 5, Peter, asked, Peter said to the Lord, At thy word, I'll let down the net. At thy word, I will let down the net. At thy word, I will. At thy word, I will. Now, I'm going to say that again. At thy word, I will move. At thy word, I will. Listen, if that becomes our cry, the mantra of our life, at thy word, I will, I'm going to tell you, all of us, we will have such a faith life. You'll have to be careful what you say because when you say it, you'll get it. When you pray, it'll happen. Because faith has not grown weak. Just because we live in a modern age doesn't mean our ancient faith is no longer valid. Faith does not change because faith isn't cultural. Faith isn't mental. Faith isn't emotional. Faith is spiritual. Before the world ever was, faith was. And when the world ceases to be, faith will still be. You are not deficient in faith. You're stronger than you think you are. You look at the color of your skin and think that can defines you. You look at your gender and think that defines you. You look at your pocketbook and think that defines you. None of that defines you. What defines you is the one seated at the right hand of God, Jesus Christ Almighty, for it's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. He's the one that defines me, not where I come from. None of these things can limit you. If you choose to be free, if you choose to believe the Word of God, if you'll step out on it, then your faith will accomplish everything He said it will. Faith isn't just strong in Hagen. Faith isn't just strong in Copeland. Faith is strong in Oliphant. Faith is strong in Miller. Faith is strong in you. But we got to act. We got to step out. We got to take a risk. Is this okay? I remember one time I was preaching in Siberia, Russia. And I had my interpreter when I was preaching along these lines. I don't remember. She said, but what if I do it and he doesn't? I said, baby, you're asking yourself the wrong question. The question is, what if I do and he does? What if I take the step and I discover I'm a water walker too? What if I actually take the risk of laying my hands on the sick and I see him recover? What if I actually do and he does? That's the right question. What if I step out? What if I give my last dollar and he overwhelms me with blessing? What if he's not a liar? See, we ask ourselves the what if in the negative. What if I tried and I failed? How can you fail when the king of all the universe has bonded himself to you? He's the source of all creation, and if what you need doesn't exist, do you not think he can make it? Is he somehow less than he was in the book of Genesis? Has the God of Daniel grown weak? Has the God of Isaiah grown feeble? Does he have cognitive disabilities? No. So how can we fail? We can fail by not trying. By saying, well, I think it's enough if I just believe what the preacher said. I've had people tell me before, Steve, it's not my job to win the lost. Yes, it is. It's not my job to reach them. Yes, it is. It's not my job to lay hands on the sick. Yes, it is. It's yours. Jo it's your job. It's my job. It's our job to do the work of the kingdom. 
It's our job to live a kingdom life. It's our job to take the risk. Listen to this. I wrote this down. What a change would come into our lives if we said, at thy word, I will. What a change would come into our lives if we no longer disqualified ourselves. Well, I would give if I had more. No, you wouldn't. If you don't do it now, you wouldn't then. Well, if I won the lotto, I would. no, you wouldn't. Because the greater the resources, the more the pressure not to give. Come on now. What change would come into our world if we said, at thy word, I will. Healing and victory would be ours. But until we act upon it, it does not become a reality. Until we react, uh, we act upon it, it does not become a reality. People who act, listen to this, and you can say amen or oh me. People who act on the word receive things. I want to say that again. People who act on the word. People who act on the word. Perhaps the greatest definition of faith would be that right there, acting on the word. Acting on the word. Acting as if the word is true. What is faith? It's acting on the word. What is faith? At thy word I will. See, people of action never have to question, am I believing? People of action never have to ask themselves, is my faith strong? Because people of action are too busy doing to question. We don't have, listen, if we'll become people of action, we never have to wonder, am I strong in faith? Because you ain't even thinking about your faith. You're too busy saying, at thy word, I will. At thy word, I will. Do will what? Whatever you say, I will do it. Mm. To this day, the one who acts on the word receives. You act faith, you talk faith, your action and your words agree. It's deeply important that we learn this simple lesson. Listen to this. Let me kick over some sacred cows right here. It's not struggling, crying, or even praying. Many times we pray about the things we ought to be doing. And if we were busy doing, we wouldn't be praying about them. Well, pastor, give me scripture. Gladly. When Moses was off behind a rock, God said, why are you crying out to me? I already told you what to do. Moses knew what to do, and he thought he could go right off behind a rock and call it to God. If we were busy doing, <laughs> we wouldn't need to be praying. That gets you in trouble right there, because I remember <laughs> I was in a church the last time I ever preached. I wonder why it was the last time. <laughs> I think I might know. I said, y'all are so busy praying because you ain't never doing. You don't do nothing for your community. You don't do nothing to help anyone else but yourself. You gather together, you have your little prayer meetings, you cry out to God, and you do nothing. They never invited me back. 
But I'm going to say it again. If we would just get busy doing, we wouldn't be having to pray about it. We'd be busy doing it. And we would discover that the God of the Bible is the God of today. See, listen, come on now, I'm going to say something. What we pray for is instructions. Then when we receive the instructions, we stop praying. Now, we want to pray until God does it. There's always a God part, and there's always a your part. You can't do his part, and he won't do your part. But when we both do our parts, we are partners together with the Almighty God. So everyone say this, faith moves. It changes our behavior because the word we hear, I expect joy in my life. So I hear a word that speaks to my expectation. And I lay down the sorrow. And I act joyful. Listen, listen, listen. This works for everybody. Don't, don't, don't disqualify yourself and say, well, pastor, that works for you because you graduated from Rhema. Bible school ain't got nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter where you come from. I don't care if you're third-generation Pentecostal or fourth-generation Baptist. If you're in Christ, that's all that matters. You've got the same faith as Jesus Christ, and that type of faith does not fail because it's motivated by love. It is acting on what God has spoken that brings results. We simply say this, that is what God has said, and we act accordingly. If God said it, then I must be healed. I will act on what God has spoken. Faith is the result of action. Faith is the result of action. Wait, Pastor, let me just say la, think about it. I hear, I move. Do you know this? You can change what you believe by changing the way you behave. Say la. In 2 Peter, the Bible says, act as free men. Act. You can act free even before you really feel free. Because what? Faith is not a... An emotion. It's not a feeling. So I can act healed before I feel healed. I can act prosperous before I feel prosperous. Ah, come on. Mm. Believing is taking the step up to the object, the thing you want. Faith is having it arrived. Hmm. I wrote this down. Listen to this. It's a remarkable thing that nowhere in the epistles did Paul urge believers to believe or have faith. Nowhere in the epistles did Paul say you ought to believe. It's assumed if you're a believer, you believe. And if you believe, it's going to change the way you behave. 
What does Paul tell us? Well, we, I'm going to close with this. It's where we started last week. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Who has blessed us. That's the word. Who has blessed us. That's the word. Who has... No, I'm not looking at my situation. I'm not looking at my surroundings. I'm not looking at the... the teeny tininess of my apartment I'm not looking at my 20 year old car who hath blessed us I'm not looking at my own body who hath blessed us the word that I hear speaks to the expectation of my heart and it's going to affect my behavior because now I'm going to behave as if I am already blessed Hmm. If he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing, then you are blessed. You don't need to ask for a spiritual blessing. All you need to do is thank him that you have them and then act like it's true. Act as if the word were true. Years ago, I read in one of my books a story about a preacher back in in England in the time of William Shakespeare when theaters were packed and much like today theaters were packed and churches were near empty and it really bothered this one preacher so he went to the premier actor of his day because he wanted to find out why were theaters attracting people and churches weren't now y'all listening because this is one of the most profound statements I've ever read he sat down, preacher with actor, and he asked him this very simple question, what draws people to you and repels them from me? And the actor, without hesitation, didn't even have to think about it, knew what the truth was. He said, here's the reason why. In the theater, we take fiction and treat it as if it were reality. And in the church, you take reality and treat it as if it were fiction. In the theater, we take fiction and treat it as though it were truth. And in the church, you take truth and treat it as though it were fiction. What would our world be like if we simply treated the truth as though it was truth? That trumped every other fact in our life. Is this okay? Am I helping anyone besides myself? All that Jesus did was act upon his father's word. All Jesus did was act upon his father's word. All that Peter did was to act upon the word which Christ had given him. I wrote this down and I'm bringing it to a close. We may preach the word, but if we do not practice it, it will produce no results. Faith produces without fail, all the time, every time. And if our faith isn't producing, we can cry, we can rant, we can shake our fist at God and tell him how he's failed us. Or we can practice a little introspection and say, Father, 
where am I not doing what you've asked me to do? Where am I not doing what you've shown me to do? And God is my witness. I know this from my own life. He's the God of the second, the third, and the fourth chance. As soon as we begin to do what he told us to do, I mean, as soon, doesn't take God months, doesn't take him years. As soon as we do what God's asked us to do, God will overwhelm us with what he's promised to do. So if our faith isn't producing, stop crying about it. Stop whining, stop complaining, and stop accusing God. Instead, by his grace and through his spirit, say, Lord, where am I not doing what you told me to do? And he'll show you. And it's almost always in something really small. Almost always. And you'll be like, that's all I've got to do? Yes, son. That's all you've got to do. Because God always delights in obedience. But he does not overlook disobedience. And so when we know that little thing we've got to do and we do it, get ready for that tsunami. He will overwhelm you. His blessings will overtake you. <laughs> and he'll leave you standing there going, boy, I wish I'd have done that years ago. Stand to your feet.